0: Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here, and more. So ask yourself... Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Kaylani Rose. Kehlani is an actor, model, writer, producer, dancer, and DJ, She's appeared on various shows, including Once Upon a Time, Lucifer, A Series of Unfortunate Events, and The Magicians, as well as several films, including The Color Rose, Woodland, and Within the Silence. She also launched Flimsy, a series she stars in, has created, and produced, all while in isolation, and it debuted on November 6, 2020, at the fourth annual Female Filmmakers Fuse Film Festival. She also has another project on the way called Breathe, which is launching in December in Vancouver. Kaylani, who splits her time between Vancouver and Los Angeles, took the time to speak with me, and we had a really great conversation. So I'm going to get right to it. How have things been for you during uh, during COVID, during lockdowns, during self-isolation, all that stuff?
1: Oof. Uh, challenging and a lot of growth. <laughs> 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 to, to, to sum it up, uh, I think... Definitely a roller coaster for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think there was a lot of um trauma throughout it. <laughs> um but also it was a really great opportunity to lean into certain things that um opened up new channels of creativity and of self-awareness that I did that I didn't know I could access. And so for that it was definitely a gift in a lot of ways too. Mm-hmm. Um I think it forced me to think outside the box. And, um, you know, a lot of really cool things were born from that. Um, so, yeah, challenging, but gifted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, next question uh, What kind of inspires you to, to get involved in acting? You've acted in quite a few things uh, for the past few years.
1: Um, the inspiration from acting, I mean, literally came, fell into my lap because of dance. I had uh, an agent who encouraged me to go take class. I was kind of like the condition that he would sign me on as a dancer, but wanted me to like go gain acting experience. And so that's, um, that was my introduction into the acting world, which I fell in love with. And I think it came super organically because I mean, if I, if I trace it back, and I look at why it feels like home when I'm in mm-hmm. this space where I get to tell stories and explore the craft in that way. It it, it, it brings me back to my indigenous roots, my mixed indigenous roots, which are from Clitlitane Nation, which is colonially known as Prince George, and, um, and also my native Hawaiian roots. Mm-hmm. And there's a really beautiful parallel between these two um, cultures in the sense that they, neither of them ever had a, a written language originally. It was all passed on through through dance, through chant, uh, through storytelling. And um, so to know that that you know, runs deep with my roots and that that's probably why it feels so much like home when I get to step into that space to be creative in any of those avenues. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it all it all stems from that. So,
0: so you're involved in a lot of things. We just talked about the acting, but you do producing, writing, dancing, DJ. Is there anything that kind of you focus more on than any other, or that's something that's kind of closer to your heart than the other uh, endeavors that you have?
1: This guy is trying to get <laughs> me um, because I smell so good. I know.
0: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> which one is closest to my heart? Is
0: that what you're asking me? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ooh, that's tough because dance is my very first love and it will always be my forever love. I think there's something that just resonates throughout my whole body that, that it just feels so right. And it, and I, and I, I know myself the most when I'm in that element, but I'm finding a really new powerful love with with finding my voice through acting, because I, I would say that, that there was definitely a time in my childhood where it felt like it wasn't safe to use my voice and to speak out, hear my voice and hear that resonance and understand that that these stories that we tell can have such an impact. I mean, it's, it's impossible to compare them for sure, but at the same time, they also feel so symbiotic because the way that I've understood how, and learning how to understand my body really translates and uplifts and elevates my craft in the acting realm as, as well. Because you know we we use our voices, but then so much of the storytelling is through body language. So I think um, it's like you'd be forcing me to to choose my favorite child or something. I can't do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh, tell me a bit about Flimsy
1: flimsy is the bomb
0: okay (laughs) flimsy
1: is um a baby of mine and prince board who is my co-producer from la he's originally uh, a king of the music world a grammy award-winning artist and um we crossed paths we kicked it off this was all before quarantine and then during quarantine we were sitting on the couch sharing silly memes Albeit two separate couches in two different countries. <laughs> and we were like, wouldn't that be hilarious if we actually filmed this and made it look like we were in the same space, even though you're in LA and I'm in Vancouver? And mm-hmm. we were like, oh my God, that's brilliant. We should totally do this. So it basically, <laughs> what started out as kind of a joke, because let's be real, during lockdown, we all really needed those jokes. <laughs> we <laughs> depended on those jokes just smiling and laughing because it was hard. Mm-hmm. But um, what started out as a joke quickly went from zero to 100. We ended up having an award-winning writer come on board, um, a dear friend of mine, Erin Hazelhurst, who scripted out 13 episodes for us. We put together a rock star cast. We have uh, Chelsea Reese, who co-stars with me. She came from the 100. Grace Dove, who's also a local uh, home hometown girl with me, and she came on board. She did uh, this really eccentric character, and she killed it. And you know her. Um her past, recent recent past, which I'm sure you're familiar with, or a lot of I think it's it's exploding in Canada right now, which makes me so excited is Monkey Beach, her first lead mm-hmm. and her first feature film and coming from the revenant. So, like all of these like powerhouse females, our director Vivian Full, who just got back from the UK, and then we had our cinematographer Tracy Coney, um, who comes from The Magicians on Sci-Fi. And it was just this wonderful brain power of creativity that birthed this this web series that the whole magic of it is that we filmed it all separately. So there was 13 different actors in five different countries and we somehow pulled off a pretty good illusion that we were all together. And um, it just tells the story of two struggling artists who are best friends and then just trying to make their way, follow their dreams and then all the things that could possibly go wrong, of course, go wrong. And um, yeah so that that's that's what flimsy is about we have a killer soundtrack that goes with it because prince board not only produced and co-wrote with aaron but he also brought his musical talents to the project and gifted us with an amazing soundtrack and i'm so excited for the the full album to come out because it's going to be released soon after flimsy is released it's (laughs) um currently on its uh worldwide festival tour. So we premiered in France and won our first award during that premiere for an outstanding pilot. And since then have done a bunch of little festivals, not little, I shouldn't say that, but a bunch of (laughs) of beautiful festivals in Mm -hmm. the States. And, um, you know, it's been great to see the recognition it's been receiving in terms of a handful of other awards. And just to know that, um, you know, we really do have that, that power no matter what the situations or the circumstances are in the world or outside of us, that that we can bring it bring it in and um, make something beautiful with it. So that's what we tried to do with Lindsay. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm really proud of. And I'm really grateful to have had such, a, such an amazing team to work with on it that that we were able to create something that's hopefully going to bring a little bit of light and laughter to the world during some heavy times.
0: Absolutely. Um, now you said uh, you made flimsy in isolation. So was it kind of easier to focus on putting it together and making it because there were so few other distractions in terms of, you know, uh, your you're home anyways, you're in isolation. So was it kind of easier in that way to kind of like focus on it, get it done and, and put it together?
1: It was not it wasn't. I will say that in um, in some ways eliminating a lot of outside factors definitely made it feel like it could zoom in mm-hmm. but then in other ways there were challenges that I didn't expect to come to come up to which was just like because I was living <laughs> with them like me and my, my little sister moved into a big house right before quarantine which was mm-hmm. amazing because we had some some really bright, beautiful space to work with during the lockdown, which I was definitely cramped in a little bachelor suite before that. So it's not gonna have been the same experience whatsoever. But because we were all living together, it was me, my sister, her boyfriend, another roommate, and then some other family. And so it was like a big six-bedroom house, but like navigating how to share the space and like, hey guys, I'm gonna need to book the living room tonight for filming this scene. <laughs> kitchen Or like you're gonna be allowed 30 minutes to come in and make your smoothies and don't run the blender, and it was just like this. I, I, I they put up with a lot when I was doing that project.
0: I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: massages and whatnot, because it was just like, okay, guys, please, quiet on set, rolling. <laughs> Hold the blender, please. <laughs> but you know, it was, it was good, yeah. and it, was just, it really taught all of all of us actors that were part of the piece a lot about self sufficiency, because we were in charge of our own lighting setups, our own camera setups, and we had every session. the The director and the DP were on Zoom with us, so they were guiding us. But we really were hands on a lot with um, different elements that we normally wouldn't uh, experience when we when we have that support of the whole rest of the crew on on set. So, you know, it was a really good learning experience. <laughs>
0: what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, and then you're also, you put, you're putting together Breathe. And uh, so you've, you're producing that. And can you tell me a bit about that and also the Indigenous Youth Mentorship Program?
1: Absolutely. This is a project that really speaks close to my heart because one, a dear friend of mine, Cody Kearsley, is the one who has written it and will be doing his directorial debut with it. He comes off of the CW Riverdale and, and uh, just had a movie come out with Bruce Willis and I really admire his his talent and his artistry and his message and with this with with Breathe he wants to explore and and share a story about addiction and battling addiction and uh, when he came to me and asked me to play the lead for this um, I immediately had all these ideas that came with it after after I read the script because the first draft of it was very open. It could, it could have been anyone in the lead role of Grace. And for me, when I, when I come to a project, I like to think about, you know, what is it, what can I bring to, to the table that's special, that will be something different than, than someone else might be able to bring to the table. And in this specific instance, for me, what sparked that was, you know, looking at this story about uh, facing and battling addiction and knowing that the statistics within the indigenous community for that are are outrageously um, overrepresented because of the generational effects of colonization. And so to be able to shine some light on that is gonna be really important to me. And not only that, but to be able to shine some light on it in a way that we can still carry through a tone of resilience um, and so with that being said, I came up with this idea and I brought it to Cody and I was like, please, 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 are you down? Can we, can we bring some youth onto this project, some indigenous youth that maybe wouldn't otherwise know this world or be exposed to this world or feel invited into this world and, um, and have them come shadow some of our crew members? And, and I definitely want to pay them as well so that they can feel like their time is valued.
0: I guess uh, the next question, uh, your bio mentions that you're an advocate for mother nature. So what aspects of your work do you try to uh, put some focus on the environment?
1: Well, um, first and foremost, I feel like it's gonna be huge for me in all the productions that I get to produce in. Uh, to make sure that we're a green production, and the first time I got to experience that was when I was on the set of Magicians, and they were so entirely green. It was amazing, um, from top to bottom. They weren't even printing out scripts like the dailies anymore for their act mm-hmm. for their leads because they had it on iPads, and you have this app that you can like highlight and make notes on and stuff. So, like, that's that's the base, and that's only the base. But I feel like that's that's the happy place for for starters. Um, it's also gonna shine through in the stories that I tell because the, um, the new script that I'm writing for my first feature film is called Sunflower, working title, Sunflower. And um, it is a story about indigeneity and uh, finding your way back to your roots and all the power and the strength that is within that. And when you look at that in, in our culture, um, there is such reverence for mother nature it's embedded in in every single layer of this culture, um, so the stories themselves will will speak to uh, just more awareness and like resonance with these issues, and and hopefully inspire. As I think, it seems like the trajectory is on for a lot of people, at least in my circles right now, of of greater action and um, participation in preserving what we have and then trying to get back on track with everything that we've messed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
0: yeah. And then uh, one thing I like to ask uh, every artist that I talk to uh, over the past few months is, do you feel like COVID is showing people the importance of arts in our lives, whether say it's it's dancing or it's music or it's books or movies? are we seeing like how important it is for us to have culture of some sort especially when we're often locked away and we can't go out and you know we're trying to figure out what to do
1: a hundred percent um a hundred percent i think the arts and culture community is doing an amazing job of continuing to maintain a certain level of hope and like health as we move through this crazy, crazy year, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it makes me think of another interview that I did where they asked me what it's been like to travel during the pandemic, because I was primarily in Vancouver for the whole beginning of it, that first wave. Then um, just in September, I got on my first plane to go to LA for production meetings. And there was definitely some fear when I, when I decided, when I made that decision and took that risk. And I feel like, you know, looking at the respect and the gratitude that we have for our for our um, frontline workers, our healthcare workers and all of these people that are showing up to do their part to, to make sure that, that we keep going is um, also looking at our arts and culture community because we too are showing up to take those risks to make sure that we can still create and share inspiration and, with the world during this time and that's huge you know mm-hmm. <laughs> the amount of times that i've been <laughs> watching a show at home or, Netflix <laughs> or <something> because <laughs> you can't leave your house
0: exactly
1: lean into that and like keep going so
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: it's, it's it's huge and um and i and i and i cannot say enough like when i look at how how affected all of my communities have been because of this, you know, like especially mm-hmm. the live live shows, live theater, Broadway, um, also my sister's a musician and so many of my dear friends, my co-producer yeah. from Flimsy, musicians and all of their live gigs are completely done right now. Like we don't even know if it's gonna be back in 2021. So it's, mm-hmm. so finding ways that we can, you know, express appreciation and gratitude and support these communities is, is big for sure.
0: Without a doubt. Uh, kind of in, in uh, regards to next year, it's kind of hard to say There might be vaccines. We might be kind of in lockdown for a while, but what's on top for you coming into 2021? What do you have planned for next year?
1: 2021, uh, depending of course on everything, but in my ideal 2021, there's going to be a window of opportunity for me to bring my first feature film to principal camera. And that's that will be Sunflower and I'm hoping to film it back in my hometown. And um, that would ideally be in the spring and summer. So we're kind of looking at putting all those pieces into play right now and just basing it on what the restrictions might be as we just kind of take it day by day and see how it unfolds. Uh, aside from that, uh, we have two projects that I have worked on before quarantine that will be released this year. One of them is called The Color Rose and it's a thriller. We were lucky enough to experience the premiere and the red carpet all together right before COVID <laughs> hit. And we did that in Namath, California. Um, an amazing experience to be part of because it was an all-female lead cast directed mm-hmm. by a female, produced... By females, and it was just uh, really, really incredible energy to to be part of. So that uh, I believe it's coming out January, February. We're, we're still waiting on confirmation on the exact date, but we've sold it to ArcLight, and so um, that's super exciting. And uh, <laughs> the, the second one is called Within the Silence, and that one is a short film that I that I worked on. Uh, I got to wear a couple different hats with that project as well because I was the the lead pixie. And I was also the choreographer for the the rest of the fairies, and um, it's a piece about surviving domestic abuse. And we we experience the story through a young seven year old who's deaf, but you don't really realize that till the end. Um, through her imagination and how she, you know, has this special book that she opens and she kind of escapes what's going on between her mom and her dad, and and ends up in this fairy tale world. And I kind of get to play like the fairy godmother who guides her through this realm of. Of safety and then um it's it's really nice too because there's some representation of the disabled community and we definitely cast that authentically jade taylor is the brilliant mind who created this one and she wrote it and directed it and uh, produced it and um, it was really important to her to make sure we had a um the character cast who who was uh, deaf so that we could honor that community. And we all were learning sign language with that one. So that was a really cool experience as well. A little basic American sign language, but some of them were much better than I was. Um, and so that one will be, it's in post-production right now. They're putting final touches on on all the editing. And so I'm excited for that release because I, I think it's huge to to understand how much work we still have in, to do in the film and television industry in terms of of uh, proper representation for the disabled community. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna try to start making some steps towards that in the right direction as well. <laughs> Last but definitely not least, and something that's really, really close to my heart, that's gonna be going down this year, if not potentially before the end of the year, uh, <laughs> my sister, my younger sister Kea Aloha, is, it's funny, our, our family is like triple threat through and through, she's a musician, and a dancer and uh, my, my middle sibling Tiare is also, kind of does all of them, plays ukulele, she's a groovy kid and she also um, is a really, really talented graphic illustrator and designer, visual artist. So the three of us always find a way to, to gang up and collaborate whenever one of us has something going on. And so um, when I talk about Sunflower, my sister will definitely be coming on board to, to work on the soundtrack okay. with me on that but her first EP is coming out. She's just recording it now. And I'm gonna be able to direct her music videos for her. So it will be my first time putting on the director hat and it will be for <laughs> that, and that I'm, I'm really excited for as well. Her EP is called Mama's Hands. And so nice. we'll, we'll have some videos to send out soon.
0: <laughs> That's great. That yeah. seems like you guys are involved in a lot of things. It's, you know, the entire family kind of, like you said, a, a triple threat <laughs> across the board. <laughs> some really
1: beautiful sections mm-hmm. nurtured by mama um, <laughs> so yeah, if you want to follow back to your last question oh, yes. uh, the projects and all of, all of the good stuff that's coming out we have uh, my website keilanielizabethrose.com but probably most go to is going to be Instagram <laughs> which is at and I, I need to spell that because I know it's not really a common name it's K-E-I-L-A-N-I Elizabeth Rose, all one word. Um, and that's that's where I'll be sharing all the good stuff with movies, music, dance, and all the collaborations that I get to be part of.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode of my interview with Kaylani Rose. If you did, please leave a rating and review. You can reach me at Craig at You can visit my website, just go to CanadaEHX.com and there you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history, as well as all my podcast episodes. And again, you can support the podcast by going to Patreon.com/CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as three dollars a month, just like all of these wonderful patrons have: Phil Maynard, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dmitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseath, Todd Casey, Catherine Rua, Luke S, Vic Hedges, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Spencer M, and Iris Gray. You can find us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash canadianhistoryx. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And you can find me on Instagram. Just search for Bairdo37. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.